0: Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're honored that you join us here. Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. We chose that name because we believe that the words and ways of Jesus are very beautiful. And so each week we're bringing content to help make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and dive in to this past Sunday's sermon.
1: You know, 11 days ago, there's an article published by Business Insider that caught my attention. And I think it's something we can relate to. I want to show you the picture of the cover. It said, I moved to Seattle for a high-paying tech job. It turned out to be the loneliest time of my life. I think a lot of us can relate to this as people have moved here or experienced a season of loneliness, longing for friendships and community in the article. They interview a man named Alex, and he writes, I keep asking myself if I'm happy. Having a full-time job doesn't feel like enough. It doesn't give me a lot of room for me to make friends. It wasn't easy moving to another state for the sake of work. I don't know if I want to climb the corporate ladder, spend more time with my family, or invest in hobbies. There are pros and cons to all of them, and it's never been an easy decision to make. I just want to acknowledge the elephant in the room that a lot of people are lonely around us. A lot of people longing for relationships and community. And I believe that lines up with God's desire and intention for us. Today, I want to open up the book of James and show a beautiful vision, a beautiful picture of spiritual family found in the church. And I want to pray about how we can accomplish that as Kalos Church. So let's open up to James 5, starting in verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? And I agree with that corny hashtag, hashtag better together. I think it is important for us to understand that we flourish in certain environments, and community is one of them. I wrote it like this. If you take a tree out of soil, it's not going to flourish. If you take a fish out of the water, it's not going to flourish. And if people are taking out of community long term, they aren't going to flourish. We need the right environment to flourish, to prosper, and to move forward. You know, this last weekend, I was hanging out with my friend Tori, and we were at the Kirkland waterfront, and we heard a commotion in the water. There was a a duck, squad of ducks, because ducks fly together. And they were making all this noise. We think that they were chasing a fish. This fish started swimming really fast. It made its way onto the beach, onto the shore, and we were bewildered. Why is there a fish here all of a sudden? And it's moving, it's flapping, it's fins, it's trying to move forward. But because it's out of water, because it's in the wrong environment, all of that effort and exhaustion didn't actually cause progress. It was stuck in the same place, using a lot of energy, but not making a lot of progress. Some of you are looking at me like this story is not real. You're calling me a fraud, a liar, (laughs) desecrating the house of the Lord. Well, I have proof. Roll that video. (laughs) Well done, Tori. (laughs) I looked at that fish, and I thought, free dinner. (laughs) I thought. Maybe I should hit it with a club like they do in that show Alone on the History Channel whenever they are surviving in the wilderness and they find a fish. Uh, But Tori, the better man, (laughs) said, I'm going to help this fish. I'm going to give it a helping hand, push it back into the environment where it will flourish. But if I'm honest, I feel like when it comes to relationships, many of us can relate to that fish. We're trying hard. We're exhausted. But... We just can't seem to make friends or feel that sense of I have my people, I belong, I feel connected, and I think deep down inside of our souls, we sense that something's not right. I'm surrounded by a lot of people, but why do I feel lonely? Why don't I have people who understand me without having to explain it? Where are the inside jokes? Why was it so much easier making friends when I was younger or when I was in college or when I was in this different season of life and... I sense, like, even in our longing for more followers and things like that on social media, I think there's an underlying loneliness. You know, there was a survey asking children, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the number one response was, I want to be a YouTube star. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I wonder if... All of our longings that I sense as a culture to be famous, to have social media clout, I wonder if it's not that we want to be famous and have paparazzi chase around, take us pictures. Not that we want strangers filming us when we get in a fight with our significant other. Not that we're always stopped and inconvenienced. I think our longing to be famous really is a longing to be known, to be seen, to be understood to have someone we're sharing life with, a common bond. And that's why from the very beginning at Kalos Church, we've consistently said we don't want to just be a friendly church, just another crowd. We want to be a church of friends doing life together, knowing each other, sharing experiences together. And that's why I'm so inspired by this beautiful vision in James 5 that shows a glimpse of real spiritual, biblical community that I believe that scratches the itch that we're longing for. And so I want to share some teaching and encouragement from this. And the first point I want to share from James 5 is, I believe that Christianity is a group project. And now I think I since the fear in some of our faces because we've been hurt by group projects in the past. I loved group projects because that mean I didn't had to do any work. It's so a free A. Some of us in the room are hating group projects because I was in your group, and you did all the work, and I still got the A or there's someone in your group that wanted to work but you didn't want their ethic or their quality to represent you because they just didn't do it as good as you did it but i believe that when we look at christianity some of us have thought or sing songs all i need is to be with god or do life alone with God, and it's this private, individualistic faith. But when we look at the scriptures, we see a glimpse that this this idea of the church isn't an individual endeavor. It's a group project. Let's look at James 5 again and look at some of these verses. Is anyone among you in trouble? So James is writing to a, a group in a corporate setting, and he's trying to distinguish with all these people, are they in different seasons of life? Is anyone among you in trouble? What should we do? We should pray. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. If any, is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. And so we see like a lot of call and response, a lot of different situations from this communal gathering. And they're assuming that they will work together as the people of God to move forward and find human flourishing. Like, I love, it says, are you happy? It's okay to be happy in church. Let them sing. Is anybody here happy today? Who's, who's, who's happy? Okay, awesome. All right, all right. Jeff, you're happy today. All right, so you believe in following the scriptures, right? All right, and so the scriptures say, if you're happy, let them sing. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Feeling the presence. That was good. (laughs) And so thank you for following the scriptures today. And it says, is anybody else happy? (laughs) Everybody's afraid. Spirit of Pharrell just left the building. Nobody's happy anymore. Anyways, if you're happy, you sing. I, I I love that it says, if you're sick, what do you do? You don't just like handle it yourself. You call all the elders, and they pray over you. They anoint you with oil, and you will be healed. I love this communal aspect of the church. It assumes that there's healthy people and sick people in the church. I love this, specifically this first. you know, especially when we first started Kalos. uh, We had a lot of 20-somethings when we were in the comedy club days, and our kids were the only kids in Kalos kids that fell. And consistently, people would come and say, man, this church is so... Uh, young. I feel like the oldest person here. I feel, I feel so old. And, and and even you pastors, you pastors are so young. And they'd say, like, Pastor Amitha, I love you, but you're just a young pastor in your 20s. And I would approach and I'd say, she's in her 40s. <laughs> Amitha would say, rude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, how can you be in your 40s? You don't look that at all. And uh, I'd just say, well, You've heard the expression, black don't crack, right? Well, there's another one. Brown don't break down. <laughs> Can I get a good amen? <laughs> so, but it's this idea, I, I feel like the oldest person in the church, I just don't fit here. But this scripture shows this combination Of calling like people who are seasoned in their faith and the sick, the elders, people with experiences and stories, have some life on them. And I just, I wanna say, if you've ever felt too old for Kalo's church, I just wanna let you know we need your healing prayers. We need you to anoint us with oil. We need some people when we're in trouble, we can call on you. I'm thankful for this multi-generational aspect in the church. But do not say you are too old to be part of this church. God still has purpose and destiny for you. Your best days are not behind you. God has you here on purpose for a purpose. And uh, can we just testify, young people, that we need some voices, mothers and fathers, to encourage us, to put their arms around us, to mentor us, to help us, to say, hey, you don't have to learn those mistakes on your own. Let me share some of my mistakes so you don't have to repeat them. I'm going to help you move forward. We need some seasoned saints in the house of God. And so what do we do if the sick, we call the elders and we say, pray for me. I mean, diversity in the church isn't just about skin color. I know we've seen a lot of churches advertise we're a diverse church, and really it's like one ethnicity, but one black guy visited that morning, so they took 10 pictures and put it on all the ads. No, that's not what diversity in the church means. Anybody been in one of those ads? I know I have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's not what the picture of diversity in the church is. No, it's, it's happy, troubled, yeah. elders, yeah. sick, people who are walking with God, going after those who have wandered away from the faith and bringing them back. That's diversity, people from different ages and stages and seasons and reasons for living, coming to the house of the Lord and worshiping him together. This is here in the scriptures, and it's beautiful, and it's possible. You know, a a phrase that I've said on stage before that I've gotten in trouble before for saying is, I pray that there are hypocrites at Kalos Church. Pastor, why do you want hypocrites at church? Why do you want those people You know, I was church hurt by hypocrites. Well, I believe that the church exists for people in progress. People who are trying to work through some things. Maybe I am sick. Maybe I am wandering from the faith. I'm not intentionally running from God, but I just didn't know what decisions to make, so I'm wandering. I need someone to turn me to God and cover over a multitude of sins, prevent me from death. You know, and I I just feel like this is a, a place where we say, Jesus didn't just come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And the church isn't like this like a- antique road show. It's not a museum for the holy. It's a hospital for the hurting so that they could experience healing in God, amen? And so uh, we're going to have different people who have different levels of holiness or character, and I praise the Lord for that. Uh, I'm subscribing because I want your issues in the church, if you know what I'm saying. You know, I, I don't go to the gym, and I'm like, get off that elliptical. You're not in perfect health and shape. Get off the elliptical. I've never done that. (laughs) Like you can only be in this gym if you're in perfect health and shape, the shape that you're wanting to be. If you're only at this level of fitness, you're allowed in the gym. No, the gym exists to give people space and room to exercise as they see fit. So, too, the church is a place where we gather to say we are broken people before God, and we want to be in our brothers and sisters and being in an environment that's not a fish out of water, but an environment that helps us take our next step in being conformed into the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here for. And so, uh, I want your issues, but we acknowledge a diversity of character, holiness, and spirituality in the church because this is a group project, and everybody's involved, amen? amen. Second thing in James I want to focus on is this. It's an encouragement and a warning. I want to encourage you to build your community before you need it. Yeah. A lot of times we, we, we struggle, we find ourselves in danger or in a situation, and then we're like, I need to get a therapist. Right. Or then we're like, I really need some friends. I'm just struggling. Or then we're like, I need to get involved in the church. But I want to encourage us to build our community, our network, our support system before we need it, because when you're in the tragedy, that's not when you want to start from scratch to figure things out. It's nice to have someone you can lean back on when you don't know how to support yourself with your own strength. So James 5:16, remember, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. And I love this idea. You know, we love confessing our sins to God and making this faith an individual thing. Like 1 John 1.9 says, when we confess our sins to God, he is faithful to forgive us. And isn't he faithful? He forgives us time and time again. But I believe that God doesn't just want to be our forgiver. He wants to be our leader. God doesn't just want us to experience salvation. He wants us to experience freedom and healing. Can I get a good Amen. And so he says, confess your faults, your sins, your issues, your shame one to another so that you might be healed. I feel like in the church, there's a lot of people who have been forgiven, but we still need to be healed. And I believe in the scripture, he puts this in the context of community. And I can't help but wondering, what if my miracle, what if my healing is going to come through the person sitting next to me in this church service right now? What if the miracle you're looking for, the answer you're hoping for, the despair that you are trying to eliminate is coming through the person sitting next to you as you confess in some sort of communal confession the things that you are dealing with? I mean, this is something that's hard to do. This is something I I relate to. When we are first going through our family season of walking through special needs and the diagnosis of our son, I wanted to isolate. It was my instinct. And I think a lot of us, when we're in pain, we're like dogs that go in the ditch and lick their own wounds and kind of want to take care of themselves. I felt the same thing. I wanted to isolate because my son was going through random aggressions. It was unpredictable. We bring him to a party. He breaks a window. We bring him to a grocery store. He he. Uh, does something to a stranger that we don't want. There are times where we lose our temper, and we're saying things embarrassing, and so we didn't want to go out in public a lot. If you've ever wondered where our special needs families, because you don't see them in churches or in public, it's because oftentimes we're hiding, because we're not wanting to be judged. We don't want to deal with the looks. We don't want to have the conversations. We've had people tell us, you just need a, you need a parent your kid. Can you get them under control? We just wanted to avoid those conversations, and so we hide and isolate. And I remember when we were going through one of those seasons, some people at Kalo said, hey, I know you're trying to lead this church, but would you just be part of it in this moment? Would you acknowledge that you're weak and you need our support? And I remember one of these nights, some friends from this church said, we're going to come over and we're just going to pray for you. So they came over and put on some worship music for like, Two hours, got the anointing oil out and just started to pray for us. And honestly, my my heart was pretty hard. In that two-hour time, I couldn't pray one prayer because I was angry at God. I was mad at God. I was confused with God. I didn't have prayers with my own strength, for my own words, any of that. But my friends did. And I had a network, a support system. We had a support system that we had before we needed it. And so they stepped up in our time of trial. They began to pray, and I'm, I'm telling you what, our hearts were sick, but they began to be healed in the presence of spiritual community. They began to soften up from that hardness that was unwilling to approach God with some of these issues in our life. And I know, like, we hear a lot of the stories of people hurt in the church, and I think those stories are real. But I think we need to shout from the mountaintops that Yes, people can be church hurt, but they can also be church healed. And there's a community. Amen. There's God's people, even in this room. And I know your heart longs to be part of a healing community. Some of that fosters people to come back to life when they're surrounded by death. And so I want to encourage you to build your community before you need it. And I, want, I just want to warn you. I know we have a lot of people who have recently moved here from other states, You're about to need it because something's coming. It's called the big dark. It's called gray skies. It's called drizzle. It's it's not good, and so joy is about to leave. (laughs) Happiness. Nobody's going to be singing. (laughs) It's coming. You need it. Let me just acquaint you with a term. That you probably should know by now. It's called seasonal affective disorder. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, it's gonna make you sad. It's probably gonna make you get a library membership. <laughs> You're not gonna want to get out of your house. You're probably gonna start watching different shows than the people you live with. I mean, it, it's coming. Winter is coming, and so we need to acknowledge this. And I may i be as bold to say that you need more than vitamin d and a three dollar lamp those lamps are scams i believe i'm not trying to offend anybody but if you're buying a three dollar lamp on wish to help you tackle depression I salute your faith, (laughs) but I don't think it's real. Get, like, a real one if you want that full spectrum of light. But it's coming. I want to encourage you to build that system before you need it. I mean, Jesus, when he was going to the cross, he had his disciples pray for him as he wrestled with God. God, not my will be done, but yours. As he was carrying his cross, they had to call on Simon to carry his cross for him because he was weak, but people around him supported him. And so that's why I believe, like, we're in a season, again, at Kalos Church where we need to grow smaller as we grow larger. I mean, we, we've been growing by hundreds with these swings over weeks and months. One of the reasons we launched a third service, and now look at all this room we have in the building with this third service. But now we uh, we need, I know, exactly. <laughs> Some of you are getting that. But uh, I believe one of the reasons, like, in this fall season, we're emphasizing launching small groups that we launched I started to announce last week is because we need to grow smaller in circles as we grow larger in rows. And I believe that there is a reason for gathering in rows and hearing the public declaration of the word of God. But we also desire to grow in circles where we have each other's names, where we have inside jokes, where we pray for each other, where we can know something's going on with one of us just based on body language. And we don't think that can happen when hundreds of people are gathered. We need more intimate, smaller environments. And so I'm excited about these small groups, and I want to share one of the reasons I'm excited about it is because I've been playing pickleball these last two summers, and I've been playing in Bellevue, and I've been playing in Kirkland. And when I play in Kirkland, I've been praying with some professional people, and I am not that good. And one of the guys was ranked in the top 30 in the world. So I feel kind of useless, honestly. And I've been there for two summers now, and I don't tell anybody I'm a pastor. Because when I tell people in public I'm a pastor, usually they immediately stop cussing at me or cussing in general, or they start confessing all their sins, or they slowly walk away from me. And uh, so I was like, I'm just going to be a normal, average pickleballer here. And so I don't tell anybody. Well, in that time, I'm like, okay, I want to make some friends and things like that. In two summers, not one person has asked me, how are you doing? on the pickleball court. (laughs) Not one person has said, hey Pradeepan, do you wanna do life with me? (laughs) On the pickleball court. (laughs) Not one person has said, hey, you should come over for dinner. Let's have some life on life experiences. I just wanna love on you. Nope. (laughs) On the pickleball court, none of that has happened. I can't help wonder, how do people make friends outside of the church? Because on the pickleball court, on the Kirkland waterfront, in the bar, at Ikea, nobody is asking me to enter their life. Nobody has invited me into anything. And so for two summers, I've been rejected. I haven't made one friend. I hear whispers of all these people saying, hey, I saw your meme on the WhatsApp group that we're all in but I was never invited, (laughs) but I have Kalos. I have Kalos, and so I don't need the pickleball court. (laughs) And so we're launching small groups to help anybody who has felt like i felt on the pickleball court. Want to create these circles where you can know each other, but also God can use you to heal the people who are looking for friends. So I just want to challenge you. We have over 50 small group leaders right now, which is so cool. Just go to Groups, And if you're interested at all, please let us know, because we're going to design these groups around the, the regions and the times and the days of the week that work for you. So we need that information so we can designate these times to fit what works for a lot of people. Now, I just want to close with this story and contrast my pickleball experience to something that happened here at Kalos Church. There's this guy who just graduated from college, and he moved here this summer, Ivan. He was in second service, and he didn't have any friends. He grew up in Saudi Arabia from an Indian household and actually went to the same college I went to and lived in the same dorm. I feel like I'm looking at myself 20 years ago. And so it's just this wild experience. Anyways, I met with him for dinner two weeks ago, And he said, Pradeepan, I'm going to be honest, I was going to move from Seattle, because I I just didn't know anybody here, and it was hard to make friends. In fact, I I got to the airport when I first moved here, and I didn't even know how to get to my place. New culture, new city. So I called my new landlord I met online and asked her to pick me up from the airport. And she did with her two kids in the backseat. Crazy story. And anyways, he says, I was going to move away. I was looking for jobs until I randomly went to a Kalos Gulf small group. And I went to that small group led by John, right here, John Park. And uh, I went to that, and I made a friend, Patrick. And I feel like I have a person we're doing regular life with. And then Ivan, from that small group, began to serve in our kids' ministry. And now he's having dinner with one of the pastors of Kalos Church. Just crazy. But even backtracking that, I'm thinking about that Gulf small group, because a year before that, John and Rachel here were like on the verge of giving up on the church and marriage as they shared their testimonies here a few weeks ago. And then they went to a small group that Pastor Amritha and I led, and that was like life-on-life tears and conversations and great, great food. My goodness. And we just had this experience, but... They said that, that small group and this experience with the church saved our relationship with a spiritual community. And we are willing to give it another chance. And so they gave it another chance, and God began to work on their hearts. And then they decided to lead a small group. And then that small group impacted Ivan, who's here with us today. And I'm just telling you, this kind of community we long for is possible, it's contagious, and it's healing. And what if we saw more of that through the people of God? What if we became the most inviting place on earth for people who are looking for hope and healing and a fresh start, who are looking for Jesus? How long for that spiritual community? And I believe this picture we see in James 5 is possible. Do you? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing in this environment, how you're setting the lonely in families, how you're bringing people from all different seasons of life people who feel like they wouldn't be welcome, but you say you're welcome at the table. And not just welcome, you're longed for. You're desired. We want you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us be this kind of church that brings in the troubled, brings in the sick, brings in the happy, and places them all at your table to experience the community we long for deep inside. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. We'll be back here every week with fresh content. But hey, I want to give you an invitation to our Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you in person. We have multiple service times every single Sunday morning in downtown Bellevue, Washington. If you would be interested in joining us, just go to www.kalos.church. All the information you need is there. You can actually even click a link to sign up and sit a seat so we can help make sure you feel comfortable coming and hanging out with us in person so thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time